Why is Good Friday good? Good Friday is good because the price we couldn't pay got paid and the stain we couldn't clean got clean. Good Friday is good because the world was without hope, but the lamb was without blemish. Good Friday is good because the worst thing that could ever happen was simultaneously the best thing that would ever happen. Good Friday is good because on that cross, on that day, the great shepherd of the sheep walked through the valley of the shadow of death for us. Good Friday is good because even though the cross isn't pretty, it's beautiful. Good Friday is good because if we have a king who would rather die for his enemies than kill them. Good Friday is good because I am not good, but he is. Good Friday is good because Friday is not the end of the story. So I want to take a few minutes and for you and I to consider again, not just what Jesus did, but what he accomplished. You see, when you look at the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, in particular, they tell us, of course, of all the detailed events of what Jesus paid and what actually happened from the beginning through the trials, through being accused, through being abused, and then all landing up on the cross and dying. But then you have books in the Bible such as Romans, and I'm going to look at a couple of verses tonight that tell us why it was significant that he died. What was it that Jesus accomplished? And, and again, I don't know about you, but in my walk with Christ, my faith with Christ, that's what I can take for granted. That's what I can forget if I'm not careful. And so Paul... He, he tells us the significance of Jesus' death on the, Christ, on the cross with these words. He begins in Romans chapter 5, verse 6. It'll be on the screen for you. He says, you see, at just the right time, when we, that is you and I, were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly, and that is you and I. And then in verse 10, he, he continues and says, For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him, to God, through the death of his son, how much more, Paul says, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? This is not the end of the story at the cross. Now look at verse 6 just briefly and notice what it says again. It says, you see, at just the right time, Jesus died. It didn't say that he was taken off guard. It didn't say that by happenstance in history, this tragic story played out. It said just at the right time. You see, the right time means a fixed time. It means a planned time. And it's referring to God had a planned exact time when Jesus would die in order to accomplish something. And he goes on to say why Jesus had to die at that exact time, at that planned time. Because you and I were powerless. 
We are powerless, and Christ died for the ungodly. You know what powerless means, right? It means you don't have any power. It means you're feeble is what that means. It means you're weak. You can't do it. You cannot fix yourself. I cannot fix myself. And we try to fix ourselves. There's many, plenty of people throughout history who have fallen on their face trying to fix the world, trying to fix themselves, trying to fix others. Sometimes they write self-help books, but that doesn't work. Why? Because the Bible says you're powerless. You don't have the ability to accomplish something that needs to be accomplished. Only Jesus does. Well, how do we know that Paul's right because of Jesus' words himself. Back in John 17, just one verse, this awesome chapter in the Gospel of John, Jesus prays this prayer for himself. He prays for his disciples. And listen, he even prays for future disciples, those of us sitting here tonight that would choose to follow him. And of all the words Jesus could have started with in this prayer, you know what he chose? He chose these words. He said, Father, what? The hour's come. The chosen time has come. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. See, Jesus was not put on that cross. According to the Bible, he climbed up there. According to God's word, he planned to take that road all the way to the cross, knowing the price he would pay knowing the darkness of our failures, our sins, past, present, future, that he would take on himself, knowing that he would experience hell. Hell means separation from God. And if you remember what Jesus said on the cross, Father, why have you forsaken me? That's hell. He experienced that so that we would not have to. But I want you to look just real briefly at verse 10. Because he specifies not only the timing of Christ and Christ's willingness to go to the cross on purpose. This was his, his purpose he would fulfill. But then Paul tells us why it is significant. Verse 10, he says again, For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him, to God, how? Through the death of his son. You're powerless. You can't fix this. You and I, come on, you and I can't fix ourselves, much less fix our relationship, our broken relationship with God himself, right? And so according to the Bible, it took Jesus, and only Jesus could do it. And he says, for we are reconciled. That relationship is fixed through him. But notice what we were before that. We were what? Enemies. You can be an active enemy or a passive enemy, but you're an enemy of God without Christ. It is only placing your faith in what he has accomplished on the cross and what he did when he walked out of that tomb. We'll get to that on Sunday. That you and I are reconciled to God, period. There is no works. There is nothing you can do or I can do to reconcile our relationship with God. So listen, doesn't it make a little bit of sense that if you go from enemy of your creator, the one who created you, to an intimate friend, which is what the Bible says you are through Christ, that that's liable to change your life? That's liable to have some kind of impact on your life? 
That's what the Bible teaches. I don't have time for that one. But nonetheless, he points out to us that you are no longer an enemy. You are reconciled. How? Through the death of his son. Nothing else through his death. But notice the other part. He, he says it's not finished. The whole story is not on Good Friday. He goes on to say, how much more? He's going from greater to a lesser. He's saying this is a big deal and something even bigger is coming. How much more, having been reconciled, it is finished and completed on the cross according to Jesus himself. Shall we be what? Look at it. Shall we be saved? How? Through his life, his resurrected life. You see, that word saved means to be delivered. It means to be made whole. You cannot fix yourself. I cannot fix myself. But friend, Jesus can. Christ can. And he has made this possible, not just through his death, but through his what? His life. And that word life means abundant life. That word life means life as God has it. He will give you a transformed life over time when you and I trust what he accomplished on the cross and what he did when he walked out of that tomb. So I'm going to leave you with this question. Are you living, if you're a follower of Christ, you've chosen to place your faith in what he's accomplished on the cross and walking out of that tomb on the third day. If you're a follower of Christ, you and I can live in intimate friendship with God. But are you as a believer walking as if you're still separated from God? Are you as a follower of Christ really walking with him? Or are you choosing to do and be in control yourself and walking separated from him? Because we can still do that, can we not? Even as a follower of Christ, you see, the, the way you get to that last part of verse 10, life, it's not by knowing about Jesus, it's by following him. It's not by learning more about the Bible, it's about doing what the Bible says, and that is follow him. Jesus didn't say he'd simply believe in me, he said what? Follow me. And so are you choosing to live a life separated from God when you don't have to? Because I'm convinced, I don't know about you, because I don't know everybody here. I'm convinced if you'll go from enemy to, to intimate friend with God, the creator of your life, that changes everything. But you know what? If you choose not to, that changes nothing. Your life can be abundant in Christ, regardless of circumstances. Are we going to place our faith in what Christ has accomplished in both the cross, and out of the tomb. Pray with me, if you will. Father, we, we could spend all night here remembering what you have accomplished, and it, it runs so deep and is so significant that I don't believe we could scratch the surface. Father, if it doesn't cause us to pause when we truly understand that Jesus was not just another Jewish man who was brutally murdered on the cross, but he chose to be there. And by choosing, he made life possible for us. By choosing, he made a relationship with our creator, with God possible. If that doesn't stop 
and cause us to pause. I don't know what will. Father, I pray for those who claim the name of Christ sitting here tonight that we are truly following you one day at a time, that we are truly choosing to remember the significance of what you accomplished on that cross so long ago, that we are truly living as intimate friend and not passive enemy. Father, help us remember what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.